Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Love by Chance 2, Episode 9, peeps. This episode is actually being released on Vicky Rukatan this week, I believe, but I got to watch it early, and I'm going to drop the link in the description because someone was kind enough to upload it to YouTube. Not sure if they're legal, but you know what? Their deal, not mine. So I will drop the link in the description. I really liked this episode. I am totally enjoying Love by Chance too. I'm just telling you peeps, it is like one of my favorite shows so far for Thai BL drama. Actually, for drama of any sort. I just really, really like this show. This episode is basically about Tin and Can and their relationship. And we have a little bit of a side note on A and what he's doing to basically reach out to Pete. I really like how um the there's a scene at the beginning of this episode which is at the end of the episode before episode eight where um can's sister is driving him nuts because she thinks that tin should be with someone else and she does not know that can is with tin as a boyfriend and so she's basically making Tin feel super terrible because she's saying, you know, Ken should be with someone who's smart and brilliant and good looking. And his sister honestly has no idea that um, Ken and Tin are together because I think, in my opinion, she's even stupider than Ken is, which is saying something because Ken is not the sharpest tool in the shed. It is interesting to me as the story develops that slowly he's becoming a little more smart as he figures out relationships, which is kind of interesting, little segue there. But he's on the football field with Ken, or with Tin, and his sister's there with this horribly annoying woman named Shampoo. Um, Shampoo's there to give a, a can of like cookies or something because he just broke up with Pete and is feeling really bad. And she probably is doing it to get back together with him, even though they never were a couple to start with. I'm not really sure what she's thinking. And poor A is sitting there going, I will take the cookies, but can you please leave me alone? And I mean, it's so funny to watch because well, he's trying to be so polite and he's just, it's, it's a struggle. And, um, so shampoo, so shampoo and, oh, what's her name? Lemon are there and, Lemon's being annoying. I mean, I would, I mean, that's the one thing about these Asian dramas. I really wish there were more that had girls that were not annoying little creeps. I'm just saying that would be a nice little side note. The only one I can really, really think of is Yezzy in History 2, Right or Wrong. Yezzy's awesome, but most of the girls in these dramas are not awesome at all. And I would like to say it's just the BL, but you know, it really doesn't matter what genre you're talking about. There are a few awesome women in film that are depicted, and it's kind of upsetting for some of us. But moving on. So, um, Ken, out of the blue, decides to kiss um, Tin on the football field because he's too annoyed at his sister to speak and verbalize. And then he turns to his sister and says, and now do you know who his boyfriend is? And techno a shampoo everyone in the football field is like this is um interesting and and so they all kind of sit there for a moment and they're like um how do we react to this situation and then a and techno decide to start to clap because they're like ken you're very brave congratulations <laughs> and it's kind of 
funny in a really weird, awkward way, at least to me. But as a Western viewer looking at the situation, as the story progresses, um, Tin and Can leave the football field. Can drags him off because he's very embarrassed now. And Tin says, you know, I'm very glad that you were brave enough to tell tell everyone that you're in a relationship with me. As the story progresses from that point, um, Tin decides he's going, oh, excuse me, Can decides he's going to sleep over at Techno House and Job's house because he's freaked out his sister's going to hate him because he's now with Tin. Because she wanted him with someone who was smart and wealthy and good-looking. And Can doesn't feel he's any of those things. And he's completely right on several. Although, I will say, he's a very cute individual. You watch him, he just makes you laugh. So I'm going, I don't know why everyone in the show thinks he's ugly. Um, he's just a cute little person. And I don't mean to offend the actor whose name is Plan, I believe. But he's a very cute person. He just sits there and makes you laugh. He's kind of like... Um, our listeners have not seen Bob, but Bob is a lot like tin, uh, like, like plant in facial expression, just sitting there and being an absolute hilarious person just with their facial expression. But anyway, I digress. But T- Can is just totally freaked out. His sister's going to hate him. And so he's coming home at like two to three in the morning to go to bed because he doesn't want to have to deal with his sister for like two to three days after the football field occurrence. He comes home literally three days later and his sister's actually waiting up for him with a paring knife. And I really do not like his sister. His sister is just a not nice person. But she sits there and she says, you know, I know you think that I wanted to can't tend to be with someone who is wealthy and smart and good looking but he chose you and I'm going to be supportive supportive of you because you're my brother and so you don't need to be coming home late at night you don't need to be avoiding me just be yourself and I do think this is her one shining moment although it would be much more shining if she didn't have the paring knife okay so you know I'm just saying she's trying did she completely execute the trying? No, but at least she let Can know that she cared about him, which I don't mean it weird. In Can's family, that seems to be a problem. They all call him stupid. They all treat him like he's basically not very worth much, not worth very much. And, you know, that seems to be a difficulty for Can. Then Can and Tin are talking. They decide, um, Tin decides he's going to buy a condo basically just so number one can is not staying at job and techno's house wearing them out till three in the morning playing games so they can't sleep he says you know you can come stay at the condo and that way we're not trying to you know deal with my family your family everything like that so tin decides to go ask his dad if he can go live in a place that isn't their family home i really do not like Tin's family. Tin's family is absolutely horrible. I like to say that they're overinflated, but I've met families that are just as dysfunctional as Tin's family, unfortunately. And the main problem, I think, in the whole family is, number one, the dad is a terrible person who has decided to favor the eldest over the youngest, even without um, Tin's supposed drug problems he had as a child, which he did not. And his older brother, whose name is Tool, 
I don't really know how to say this nicely, but I really think his problem is he's just sexually frustrated. And, you know, I don't mean that bad, but his relationships are totally messed up. He decided to end up with a woman who was pregnant with a kid so that everything would look okay to the family. And also, I think, to um, give her a little bit of respect, because I'm guessing the kid wasn't his to begin with, but he didn't want her having to go through the scrutiny of being a single mom with a kid. And by doing that, he basically made it so that he and the one person he did have a relationship with, who was a servant, could never be together. And I think that really kind of torqued his world and made it so that he's just mad at everyone because he can't have the relationships, the life that he wants. And I think he was probably that way even before everything broke up with him and the person who was a servant in their house, but it didn't help matters. And so Tool's just a very angry person who is doing everything he can to make Tin's life miserable, um, from taking pictures that make him look like he was taking drugs, to, you know, making him every single day of his life know that he as the older brother really wishes Tin was dead. I mean, honestly, that's kind of where his head is at. And the thing is, is I really don't think if you really got into the brass tacks of it, Tool really wants Tin dead. I think what Tool really wants is for his life to be good. And he thinks that by Tin being gone, his life will be good, which is totally two different things. And again, this is not a psychological discussion. This is simply on a giving a review of Love by Chance 2, episode 9. But... Tool is just a really unlikable person, mainly because he has created a world that really has no good exits, and he's decided since that has occurred, he's going to make everyone pay for it that he can, who he thinks will not say anything to his dad about it. And the thing I thought was interesting about this episode in particular with Tool and Tin was you kind of get to see a side of Tin, which you don't get to see in the other episodes, because you see Tin before he knew his brother had lied, cheated, stolen to make him look bad. And the Tin that was before the Tin after that fact was a lot like Can. And I'm sitting there as a viewer going, that's probably why he ended up with Can, is because Can has the innocence and naivety, so to speak, that Tin had before his brother betrayed him. And I think that in a in a way, Tin appreciates that because he used to have that. And I know that's kind of a weird little quasi thing there, but I'm just saying I think he saw in Can what he used to be himself a little bit. And that's one of the reasons I think their relationship works as a couple in the show. Now, as this episode progresses, you also see A, who you find out is posting one picture a day on his Facebook page because he wants to figure out a way to reach Pete. And he knows that Pete checks Facebook. Um, For some of you who are familiar with Love by Chance, the first series, there is a scene where basically after um, A and Pete become a couple, Pete posts a little sentence on Facebook that says loving a moment like this basically when he knows that he and A are a couple and things are going well for them and I think that is why A chose to post on Facebook was because he knew that you know Pete looks at Facebook Pete would post little things not totally personal things but just like little 
hints at life. And that's what A is trying to do every single day. He'll put a picture that will have like a quote. Sometimes they don't. And A Pond asks him, he says, you know, are you going to post every single day? And he says, if I need to post every single day for 365 days, I will post every single day for 365 days if it takes a year for Pete to respond. And he said, and if it takes two years, I will post 730 photos one every single day until I hear from Pete because Pete is going to know I care about him and you can basically just shove your disconcerting naysaying attitude. I mean, he does not say that because he's a much nicer person than that, but I'm basically saying that's the gist of it. And I really like how A continues to move forward and, you know, the first part of the series... A was faltering. A was drinking. A was smoking. A was drink, having caffeine. I mean, A was faltering. But, you know, he picked himself up. And I think the defining moment was in the episode where he's wearing the shirt that says 365 days, 365 chances. And at that point, he started to interact with life again. And he sat there and he went, you know, I have no control over what has happened between me and Pete. I can't make this better. You know, Pete decided to move to, I believe, France it was, according to the story. And he is not in my life. He's not going to be in my life. And that's just the way it is. And so A sits there and he goes, you know, but I can definitely handle my reaction to this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get on Facebook, the one thing I know he might be checking, and I'm going to post every single day so he knows I have not forgotten him and I'm not going to forget him. And, you know, I really appreciate the fact that A has that spirit. I mean, I don't know why. I just really relate to A as a character more than almost any character I've seen in film. Just because he is so... I mean, he has no ulterior motive. It's just A is A. And his main modus operandi is care for those he loves. And I really appreciate seeing that in film as opposed to other relationships I've seen and other people I've seen because as characters, it's just he's got such a heart to be there for those he cares about. And I think that's what makes him a very interesting character. There's a very poignant scene right after the scene with him and a pond and another friend of theirs, who I can't remember her name at the moment. But anyway, where he's talking to a music student in like a cafeteria or cafe, and the music student says, I know you're posting every single day for someone. And he said, I'd like to make a song that basically encapsulates these posts. And Apon looks at A when he when the music student leaves and he says, you know you're going to have to talk to this music student again about this, and that's going to be painful. And you're also going to have to talk to the music student's bandmates. And are you really sure you want to do that, A? Because, you know, you're a private person. This is not going to be an easy thing for you. And A looks and he goes, you know, it's not going to be easy. But I don't care if it's painful if it might reach A in a way that I can't through my posts. And I really like, again, that is kind of the heart of why I like A so much. Now, I'm not really, I mean, I've, I've seen some clips with Perth Tanapon. Um, I guess he's in a, in a band called Tempted, I think, which I don't mean it weird. I find it very funny. I don't know if it's because it's the Nuna in me, but I just see these boys and I'm going, you know, 
I never had brothers, but there's something about them that make me laugh as if I did have brothers and they were trying to be cool. And I just sit there and go, you know, it's kind of funny. And I don't mean anything against them as a band, but it made me laugh, whereas I don't think they meant it that way. But I'm not really into um, the Perth Tenapon music, but I do like him as an actor, both in Love by Chance, Love by Chance 2, and also he was in Until We Meet Again as a bit part. But he was an interesting and important bit part. And again, I have another episode where I discuss a little more in detail about why I like Perth Tenapon as an actor. Um, as a musician, I think he's very talented. I just, the music videos were kind of entertaining, and I don't think they meant them to be. But, you know, that's just me. And again, you know, I'm an older Nuna in age, and I kind of look at the world a little differently than most anyway. So, you know, it was an interesting little segue, and I can, I'll drop the link in the description. I think some people will understand what I mean by that. But anyway, so that is my review of Love by Chance 2, Episode 9. I really can't recommend this series highly enough. Again, if you have small children, I probably would not watch this with my kids, um, if I had kids that were like, you know, I don't know, it, it's different for every family. So I'm just saying, you might want to watch it by yourself first, see what you're wanting to skip. I personally, as an adult, didn't really have to skip anything in this series, which I tend to skip a lot of things in series. I mean, because I tend to be a very PG PG-13 rated person, and so if it's really going to be turning a little south or a little too passionate, I'm going to be hitting the fast forward button. In this show, there were some things that were, you know, relationship things, but I didn't feel the need to skip, and some people who watch this will totally get this. Other people who watch this will totally not get that. And so, you know, you'll need to make up your own decision on what you want your kids to see. I really like this show, though, because... It asks important questions, not because it's a BL drama, but because it just asks really good questions. I will, um, in this episode, put in a little side note. I did try to read the BL, it's not a manga, I thought it was, but it's not, that this was based off of. And I will totally say that was not appropriate, in my opinion. I mean, some people might disagree with me, but very adult content. Nothing like the show. It's kind of like how I felt when I tried to read Princess Diaries by Meg Cabot after watching the show and just not the same feel as the film. And I would never sit down and read that again just because I was like, I tried to read Love by Chance. I was like, nope, this is not for Anna. This is really, in my opinion, not for anybody. Can we please just, you know, I don't know, put this in a corner and hope, you know, no one... See that? Because the movies are great. The book, uh uh-uh. And it's very strangely organized, too. And again, I try not to review BL manga or books because I honestly don't know enough about the subject matter to be a great proficient at it. And until I do, I'm not going to be giving a review over the all-encompassing genre. I will say, though, for that book, it was totally sucky and... I would not recommend it. Now, again, there are other books which probably are quite good, but that was not one of them. I mean, that was just, yeah, 
travesty of infinite proportions, which we will not go into because we keep this G-rated. But I'm just saying, so if you like the movies, I would just steer clear of the book personally because it is nothing like the movies. Yeah, they have the same characters in the book that they have in the movies, but the other thing is it's very poorly translated, at least the Kindle version. Number two, it has so much adult content in it, you really don't want to read it. And number three... It's organized in these very strange sentence structures, which the sentence structures themselves were quite interesting to look at from a stylistic standpoint because it's like brief little blurbs without like a manga picture, which you would think would go with it. I mean, I've read manga and I'm like, where are the manga? Because it's like, it's like you're reading a manga, but without any manga in it. And you're going, this is really odd. And then, you know, you get further in the book and you're like, and this is really inappropriate. And then you turn it down and you go, I'm just going to stick with the movies. And so that's Anna's review. Again, I'm only bringing it up because some people may think that, you know, because they like the movies, they're going to like the books. And our book, I think there's only one book. But anyway, that's probably not going to be the case. And some of you will probably rush out and read the book now that I've said it really sucks brick. But it's really your decision, and I hope you, in, you know, find your truth. But, you know, that's Anna's opinion on it. And, again, I'm not making a wide gamut about all BL books because, you know, I don't know enough. And I actually am actually planning on um, reading the one that was from the Together With Me series because that actually looks quite good. Again, I don't know because I've only, like, read the what Kindle will let you read for free, you know, the first few pages. But that looked interesting. And... I might try that later on, but right now I don't have time for that because I've literally got like oh, tomes of nonfiction I'm supposed to read through here in the next month, and I don't read that much anyway. So, yeah, I gotta really work on that. But why do that when I could watch another Love by Chance too? I'm sorry, I really should be more scholastic sometimes. But you know, there we go, and that is my review of Love by Chance two episode nine. With that, on out. Check it at the round table. Bye.